0: and Jamie are two best friends and they love sex and the city and they couldn't help but wonder do you love it too? Carrie, Miranda, Samantha, Charlotte, Charlotte so no. so many, dudes. every little dudes, dude. all the dudes and we couldn't help but wonder with Jamie Lee and Rose Cerno.
2: I'm Skylar Hanrath
0: and i'm rose cerno
2: and this is couldn't Couldn't help help but but
0: wonder Wonder. a podcast where we talk about sex and the city and how it relates to us us. that was a beautiful harmony
2: thank you so much i thought so
0: too (laughs) um how are you doing Good. uh Jamie is not with us today. She's dealing with family stuff. But it is me and the ever trusty Skyler. You know, before we get into who were you this week, Sky, we had a question on Instagram. I thought oh. we could maybe answer. Would you be up yeah, for that?
2: yeah, yeah? Of course.
0: Okay, we got a question. This
2: is kind of a grab bag, loose episode because we're just we're wrapping up and and so many things. I'm into it. Yeah,
0: yeah. We're just like rolling with stuff. Okay. So this is a long question, but I feel like we can do it. Um, Anna McDonald says, Jamie, so sorry for your loss, keeping you and your mom in my thoughts. Rose and Skylar, I have been really struggling with something this week, and I feel like you are both so empathetic and good communicators, and I feel like you could help. Oh, cool. I'm guessing other listeners also, thank are... Thank
2: you for saying that, listener. I know. It's very nice.
0: I'm guessing other listeners are dealing with this, too, to some degree, and maybe... You are would love advice. So I am fully vaccinated, believe in vaccines, etc. cetera. But some of my friends are not getting the COVID vaccine. It seems like they've just been sucked down these conspiracy rabbit holes saying it's not safe, alters your DNA, et cetera, et cetera. However, now that states are starting to fully open uh, in parentheses, mine just fully fully opened slash lifted all restrictions this week. These same friends are starting to go out, make plans, and basically fully join back into society, and it's really starting to bother me. It would be one thing if they chose not to get vaccinated or wanted to wait longer for whatever their personal reason is and just stay hunkered down, socially distance, and always wore masks. But they are straight up not doing that. They're wanting to go to bars and restaurants and all those things unvaccinated. I find this behavior really selfish and reckless, and it's not fair that we all have to get vaccinated and deal with the risks and side effects that they're just not and putting everyone else at risk. My question is, how would you deal with this? Would you say something and just accept that could mean not hanging out with my close friends anymore? How would you approach the issue and what would you say or just decide for myself who I am comfortable being around? Thanks for listening.
2: Oh, God, that is such a hard spot to be in. I, I, I don't know. I really don't know what the best approach is because I am very pro getting vaccinated. I was fortunate to get vaccinated fairly early when it when it um became available to us here in California. It just sounds like her friends are being really, really irresponsible. And I like I, I don't know how really to navigate that water with them. I'm... I, glad that this listener's vaccinated i would encourage this listener in the best in the most like generous spirited way to just keep trying to speak the the gospel of being vaccinated like it it my feeling is always like i defer to people with more expertise than i have and i think the best way to to keep those people in your life is to speak about the positives that you've had as a vaccinated person and keep i i suppose also like cuz a lot of like the consp- the the worry for people who are like skeptical of getting vaccinated is like downstream consequences that we don't really know about but we're like we're fairly far into it the people that are still getting sick are mostly the people who are unvaccinated i hope that this listener can just underline that for their friends but it i don't envy their position at all it sounds too awful i'm so sorry
0: <laughs> yeah i have exact opposite advice as skylar I um I don't think it's worth preaching to anybody. People who don't believe in vaccines, there's nothing you're going to say to change them. I don't believe in having those discussions. I don't think that not getting the vaccine is unreasonable and not rooted in science. So de- breaking down the logical scientific reasons will not move your friends. Plus, your friends are adults. Um, what I, I don't really think there... This sounds harsh, um, but I don't think there's anything for you to do. You're not their parents. You're not their spouse. um, You're not their kids. These are adults. You can't tell them what to do. It's on you. I think this is an example. This question is you're asking what are you supposed to do to them and tell them. And my advice is you need to make choices within you. Yes. The only thing you can do, you cannot control your friend's behavior at all. All you can do is decide. How annoyed you are by this. If you're so annoyed, you can't be around them. You can't be around them. If you can tolerate it, tolerate it. But this is something about your decision. There's no no advice I would give about this is how you change your friends. Your friends aren't changing. So, um, But I think for your sanity... You have to decide your boundaries.
2: Yeah, I think that I think that my position just comes from because I have definitely I hear what you're saying. And and I feel that, too, because I've definitely had to, like, fully just like kind of drop people from my life for making decisions I like can't support and like don't want to be around the consequences of. I'm just when I say like uh, proselytize pro vaccine positions, I'm just like trying to problem solve like how to keep them in your life. But I I get it. And I'm also I think the like, keeping them in yeah. your life is
0: I'm not saying that her only choice is to not talk to them. Yeah, 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 my advice is not to try and change them. My advice is you either accept them and let that go and don't talk about that. And you have them as your friends. Or if you can't, then you can. But I
2: still think it's important to try if you if you can. But I also see like picking the battles that are potentially winnable and like giving up on the ones that are
0: plenty of people didn't get the vaccine and are out partying there's nothing you're gonna say that's just really you know that's really selfish behavior and that's that i mean my
2: one uh, and i know that um i assume that the people who are skeptical of getting vaccines are not going to take this as something reliable but uh there was a great recent this american life episode about there there's this uh guy who's made his entire career in right-wing consulting, who is very, very pro-vaccination. He, he put together this entire campaign, like a, an entire focus group with very committed anti-vax Republican-leaning folk, and like really brought in every sort of person that they may listen to in order to try to convince them to get the vaccine. And this piece is wonderful because it, it like builds to like Chris Christie, who obviously got COVID, had a terrible time with it within like the White House, this place that, as we know, like is supposed to be safe. But of course, there was a massive Corona outbreak there because everybody in in the Trump White House was skeptical of mass protocols and what have you. Yeah. And his, his particular testimony to these vaccine skeptical people was convincing for some of them. And I thought it was like very, very, I think it's a great piece. And also like, if these people are conspiratorial and anti-vax, hearing from somebody who not only got COVID, but is from the from the party that that propagates so much conspiracy theory thinking on this front, um, I found it very powerful. But of course, I already. You already vaccinated. It. OK, yeah. so you
0: have two different point of views. Uh, you have the cynical point of view or, quote unquote, practical point of view for me, which is like this question, I think, is your own question in your heart. How much. You know, sometimes you find out stuff about people that you are close to and it's it really makes you reevaluate, reevaluate the relationship. I mean, I do think there are certain things that people believe that for me are a non would end a friendship. If this is not that for you and you still love them, then I think you just have to do a lot of acceptance work and and. um you know, you have to accept them for who they are, and and
2: maybe and like get them get them in like your passenger seat and like drive to the local CVS and be like, what do you say we go in here and see if they're they might have some interesting well, that's, stuff available behind Skyler the pharmacy Static counter. Too,
0: you know, I'm. Yeah basically like don't even fucking try and Skylar's like try so you know you have both perspectives let us know what happens either way thank you for the question
2: yeah it, was, it is I'm uh, I hope we get to answer more questions I think it's really fun and yeah, yeah. hit
0: us up um Skyler who were you this week
2: I both of my both my who I was this week because I've been thinking about them both my who I was this week and what I'm horny for this Woo-hoo! week are things that have not yet happened Woo um, but I already have, I'm, I'm like all of the core four when they go to the Hamptons for 4th of July, because 4th <laughs> of July is by the time this episode comes out, just happened. What a great 4th of July we all had. <laughs> but, uh, at the time of this recording, I have plans. It's going to be fun. Looking forward to it. Just hang out with like one of, uh, one of our listeners who is, who I knew before she started listening, <laughs> but like, well, our, like our best friends, like live down the street and we're just going to all hang out and like play games and like drink beer and like Wait, that reminds fun. you
0: of them going to the Hamptons that you're going to be in Los Angeles at an apartment.
2: Yeah, it's, well, I've never been to the Hamptons, so I think that's what it Wait, must that, be like. that
0: whole thing is them dressing up and going to, like, the most glamorous yeah, beach yeah, of the Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: We all watch the same thing. Yeah, and I took away from the, they're all going to be in an apartment in Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah.
0: And East <laughs> Hollywood just playing Dungeons <laughs> & Dragons?
2: Yeah, it's going to rule. Your
0: version of the Hamptons is really specific.
2: I thank you so much. Yes, I think so, too.
0: Okay, well, I condone. <laughs> I, I sign off.
2: Who were you this week?
0: Um... <laughs> i think i was i think i was samantha i feel like i've just become like now that i'm an employed tv writer My uh, which off- also
2: we, i feel like we haven't underlined the congratulations on oh, that which thank like you so amazing much. yeah yeah
0: i don't know if i talked too much about that on the show but i did i did start writing on a sitcom for fox called pivoting
2: amazing, and
0: it's will it stars eliza coop from happy endings jennifer goodwin maggie q this is my first writers guild tv writing job so i'm really happy
2: so exciting
0: thank you it's an amazing group of writers just the funniest most talented people and now that i'm you know Big, big girl, writing girl, my general spending habits, which have always been hashtag reckless and hashtag out of control are even more so. And the other night I, (laughs) um, granted it was the day before I got my period. So my whole body was just like ready to fall apart, but I had two glasses of white wine um, an incredibly creamy pasta oh, wow. at a fancy restaurant. And then I came home and ate an entire thing of red licorice. Yeah, and then I probably a... had the worst migraine of my life and then forced myself what? to throw up.
2: <laughs> <laughs> With the, the digestive of licorice?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I literally barfed up the licorice and could taste it. And I was like, I'm not eating that for a while. So it was definitely like, imagine like a fat, greedy king who like ate too much and then just like barfs in a bucket. That's like who I was. Um, So I think I definitely like need to rein it in. Um, Yeah, I definitely was like, I definitely am turning into like a greedy king.
2: Yeah, you're 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 hitting the town. You're really tearing it up. I'm really
0: hitting like the cream sauces and the grilled breads and like the sugary wines. And then I'm like literally sticking i a... I'm not I don't have an eating disorder, but I've I've learned over the years that if I have a migraine, if I make myself throw up, because my migraines are always food-based. It's always mm-hmm. because I had either too much salt or too much sugar. And then my head starts to hurt. A lot of times it has to do with wine. And if I barf, I don't think anyone should make themselves barf or become bulimic. Don't cancel me. But if I barf on like the every five months when I get a migraine, it it goes away. So thank God I. I pro, tip that. You, pro tip. A
2: little pro tip for migraine
0: sufferers. Next time you eat like, out there. Next time eat like a disgusting pig who like yeah. thinks they're never going to eat again, um, yeah, it's not sustainable. So yeah, I am becoming a little bit of a, a Marie Antoinette and I need I to gotta, slow down. <laughs>
2: uh, I got to say, it doesn't like that you had to go home to get the licorice like it doesn't seem like a good restaurant they should have a nice little menu that they bring out to you can we wash down the pasta and wine with some of our fine selections
0: for it and i like they were like do you want dessert and i kind of felt greedy so i was like no thank you but obviously i did so then i came home and ate dessert
2: I get it. Yeah, that's I, mean, a, I also that's a got my feeling. period
0: the next day. So like part of the eating like a fucking monster and feeling sick to my stomach was just monthly hormones. Um, and the migraine was probably a little period related. But um, yeah, I think I feel a little bit like Samantha because I'm like feeling like a combination of like fabulous and out of control. <laughs> <laughs> <I> also, <I'm laughs> that's how she to, does it. I know. I'm also going to the Yuba River over the holiday weekend. Exciting. Yeah. My best friends are going to be up there. I say best friends, but I have like 13 best friends. So if you're listening to this and you are also one of my best friends, don't worry. You're included. Um, but I made a last minute decision to go. I had plans to hang out with some friends in Los Angeles you were, were coming to our
2: Dungeons and Dragons night.
0: I mean, yes. honestly, Skylar, I actually would love to come to a game night and you should invite me to one.
2: Oh, I'd love to. That'd That's be fun. That's a side note. Yeah. 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 I
0: really want to become like a game person. I think I really like games, but I had plans in LA and then all of a sudden I was like, I have Monday off and my really close friends are at an Airbnb with a hot tub at the Uber River. So I was like, fuck it. And I bought plane tickets. Oh, wow. A round trip ticket to Sacramento over the holiday weekend. It costs, Skylar, you want to guess?
2: uh from LA to Sacramento this back, weekend round trip yeah i'm guessing they're i guess i'm guessing they paid you to get on the flight <laughs> that does not sound like the most appealing flight but uh uh $200
0: $200 oh skylar it was $100. $600 <laughs> oh my god it's three <laughs> times more expensive because everyone the the flights this the weekend are out of control Everyone is leaving town because it's the first time you can travel over 4th of July since the pandemic.
2: Yeah. And, uh, um, Except for like skeptical people who didn't think it was real. We're doing it last year. Right, right. No, my sister was
0: like, that's so fucking stupid. You could go to Europe. And I was like, you know what? If there's one thing I've learned from last year, it's that the one thing, not the one thing, literally everything, I feel comfortable spending money on literally everything, is spending time with people that I love. Like this Delta variant is coming for us. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm going to see as many of my loved ones as I can before I have to like be alone in a closet again.
2: No, completely. I mean, the whole, I mean, that's what like, you ideally money is like for experience is for your expenses too, but like close people. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, So it's expensive, but I think it'll be wonderful. And also these best friends don't live in LA anymore. They live in Canada. So like, I really want to spend Mm -hmm. as much time as I can with them. And, there's truly nothing as fun. So, with that said, um, we're a hundred minutes into our podcast, and it is a <gasps> Sex and the City cop podcast. But at this point, you already know us, you already love us, you're already in for the rants and the ride. Um, we are on episode, we're on the movie Sex and the City two, part four, the last fucking part of this movie that won't end. We keep covering it because the movie itself literally won't end.
2: A thousand percent. We're
0: giving you the same experience as watching it. It's just yeah. like
2: when does we, this weird as interminable <laughs> as this movie. You wanna hit pause on us every couple of minutes and be like, got another forty minutes? There's what?
0: more <laughs> Okay, take us away, Skylar.
2: So the final part of SATC 2 opens with a core four back in their suite after Samantha's interrogation, where they get more bad news. And just reminder, in case you're weirdly jumping into part four of our <laughs> four-part coverage, <laughs> um, Samantha has sex with Dick Spurz, Spurt, Ricard Spurt, a, a Scandinavian architect, um, on some sand dunes and in in some very in Abu Dhabi, a conservative country uh where you should not be having sex on sand dunes and uh miranda helped lawyer her way out of trouble for that or excuse me lawyer her way out of bigger consequences for that and she busted her out of jail Busted her out of jail. Yeah, there's a there's a 45-minute heist sequence. So it's, it's really cool. Um, and, yes, yeah, so that's where we're picking up. So, the final part of SATC 2 opens with the Core 4 back in their suite after Samantha's interrogation, where they get more bad news. The Sheik canceled his meeting with Samantha, and he's no longer paying for their room. It's $22,000 a night, so they have to book it to get packed and leave before they get charged. As they do, Carrie writes Grow a note thanking him for the talks and the walk on the beach and making her feel better about her and big honestly and she also leaves him a stack of cash so he can take a trip to see his wife
0: as soon as they get downstairs there are even more problems Harry doesn't have her passport she left it at the outdoor flea market called the souk and charlotte forgot to get gifts for harry and the girls. so they decide that even though they have to catch a plane They need to rush to the souk so Carrie can go back to the shoe seller and get her passport. And Charlotte can do some quick, thoughtless gift buying.
2: (laughs) And luckily, the shoe seller does have the passport. It's like it all works out. So it seems like it's going to be like a great time getting out of the souk and then on their way out of the souk some salesmen spot charlotte and samantha and sell them on the forbidden experience which is the thing that Garou warned only carrie miranda about wherein uh salespeople in the souk will basically they
0: sell them fake bags it's like yes. it's yeah. like in canal street in new york it's
2: yeah yeah it's like uh yeah um, Carrie tries to end it as quickly as possible once they get upstairs. And in the confusion, the sales guys think that Samantha took one of their fake bags, all of which builds to the sales guys following them down into the souk and yanking on Samantha's actual bag until it breaks. And Samantha loses it. It launches her condoms everywhere, and all of these men start gathering around and yelling at Samantha, and she decides that the move there is to just start flipping off the whole crowd
0: yeah so it's kind of like everything goes wrong they were warned not to follow strange men into back rooms to get knockoff purses of course they do it anyway it becomes a tense scene in the back you know and then samantha who's had the hardest time in the middle east ends up condoms on the ground screaming at people and it's just like bitch this is not new york city this is not america women cannot act like this
2: yeah, and also yeah, and also one of the things because we talked a bit about it last week, but like these four very wealthy white women being in this, uh, being in uh, Abu Dhabi, and then Samantha is sort of like being a, so tired aggressively with the trip. American, yeah, and then just like flipping everybody off. It's so like it's such a weird scene where it's like I, I it's supposed to be kind of a laugh scene, I think, but it's actually like upsetting and, like samantha's being like terrible she's it's, basically yeah. like
0: karen on the loose in abu dhabi yeah honestly sex in the city too it should be called sex in the city yes. two. call it colon karen's go to the middle
2: east <laughs> a thousand percent
0: um karen's on the loose okay so Miranda insists that they put their heads down and just try to get away and there's kind of this vibe in the way that this part is directed like these girls are going to get like raped or beat up or kidnapped yeah. like there's just a vibe. The overtones
2: are not great.
0: Yeah, the overtones are like they're in danger here. They've crossed a line. When Carrie suddenly makes eye contact with two women who are in knee cobs. um, So they motion to Carrie and and the core four follows these women into a flower shop. And So they follow them in and then they like take off their knee knee cobs. Mm -hmm. And the women are all like stunning and fabulous and have like great hair and eye makeup and look really pretty. And it turns out they love that Samantha flipped everyone off and they're big fans of New York and they're all like fashionistas. And it's the idea that like, you know, these women are sort of dealing with the same kinds of things. And I mean, one thing I did like about that scene was that it was like women helping women and mm-hmm. that there was like this idea of like. I don't know. I like that.
2: Yeah, I like I I definitely like that concept it's still all in the context of this weird like it's also badly
0: done but and i also think them being really fashionable and like cool and like sexy and just looking like some like sexy beverly hills like kardashians underneath was cool because it was like okay underneath these things they're just like you guys they're like gorgeous fashionistas there is
2: like a rough line though where like carrie carrie's vo breaks in and it's like she says underneath like hundreds of years of tradition, we were just alike, which is like kind of like Islamophobic in in the context of the scene, which is yeah, not cool. Um, so after they bond with the women from the souk, the Khor four used the women's niqabs to get away. Charlotte also grabs her gifts, after all. Unfortunately, they can't get a cab until Carrie remembers Claudette Colbert showing off her leg in It Happened One Night. She tries it herself, and it works. A cab stops, and they make it to their flight, after all.
0: It's so crazy that it's like, and now we're only four and a half hours in. We still have a whole section that's like back in New York.
2: Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) So Carrie makes it home to an empty apartment. Charlotte, meanwhile, has a sweet reunion with Harry and the girls. Big shows up a few hours later and he and Carrie talk.
3: Just so you know, that really tore me up.
1: I'm sorry.
3: You know, it seems to me that you're a bit of a rookie when it comes to this whole marriage idea. And maybe in light of what happened, until you get a better understanding of what this is all about. You need a little reminder. <sighs> this is your punishment. You have to wear this every day so that you remember you're married. Gladly. do dawned on me when I was walking around out there that while you wrote a funny book about vows, You never actually wrote any vows from you to me.
1: Oh, oh, I did. But then that wedding never happened.
3: I guess we all make stupid mistakes.
1: You were saying, vows.
3: I took the liberty of making up some vows for you. Repeat after me, please. (laughs) I will never kiss another man other than my husband.
1: I will never kiss another man other than my husband.
3: I will stop worrying about being a boring old married couple because we never will be.
1: I will stop worrying about being a boring old married couple because we never will be. Are you sure? It's going to be just us two. Are we enough? Kids. (laughs)
3: <laughs> I like that. hmm What was that for a little sparkle?
1: That's a lot of sparkle. Why'd you get a black diamond?
3: Because you're not like anyone else.
1: Ah, oh, That's a relief. I thought you were going to say it's the color of my soul.
0: Okay, wait. I have to say... That um, the vows were actually really cute. And Agreed. And I really thought that was like a well-written scene. But it actually really cracks me up because I'm like, you know, are you sure we're enough just us two? And I'm just laughing because I'm like, this whole movie is about a couple that decides not to have kids. Yes. And it's like, for some reason, there's... A three-hour interlude in Abu Dhabi.
2: <laughs> a thousand percent. Yeah, structurally, this thing is bizarre.
0: It's like it starts with a woman who is, like, asked if sh- if it's just going to be them two. She never discusses it with her friends. The theme of the movie is that a couple... The, the whole movie is about one woman feeling insecure about not having children. That conversation is never addressed. It's never discussed. It's never worked through. She just almost dies in Abu Dhabi and then decides everything is fine. I'm like, this is bizarre.
2: Yeah, I I don't I truly don't understand so many of the plotting decisions. They're so- Why did they strange. go to Abu
0: Dhabi? For fucking what? And what does Samantha learn after that whole thing?
2: That she can still have sex on sand dunes and like I I suppose like it's like
0: And then <laughs> there's is there like... any reunion with Charlotte and Henry?
2: uh and Harry yeah um Oops. well there's uh, there's just um we just have like the closing montage which is like our last little thing that we're gonna cover but um not really charlotte for the most part just kind of acknowledges that like she was being irrational worrying that um that Harry would ever cheat on her and then it all
0: wraps up in a bow right
2: wraps up in a bow and wraps in a bow up in a bow with Aaron ending up being gay so so, that's which so also stupid,
0: like, that's so agreed. fucking dumb that like, oh, she's not a threat because she's a lesbian. It's like, she's not a threat because your husband's not going to cheat on you.
2: And also it's like, not
0: like, if she was straight, it was going to be a problem.
2: And also like, she's not even a full character. Like, we don't know <laughs> she like, we don't know that she's uh, just gay. Like, she could be bi. Like, it's like, none of this is addressed because she's not allowed to be a human being. <laughs> she's also, just this character for she's just uh, tits. jokes. Yeah. yeah.
0: She's just like a great rack. Also, does Miranda have any story in this entire movie or any conflict?
2: It's basically she she has a tough job with Ron White, her new boss, who's in a scene, (laughs) and then she she quits that job, and then her entire arc is like, I'm gonna be type A about making sure we have fun in Abu Dhabi. And like
0: that is a (laughs) woeful misuse of our favorite character, Miss Miranda. She is fun and her shit is fun. Yeah, this movie is really interesting. It's almost like it's almost like a surreal fever dream of a yes. man struggling with whether or not to have children or not cuz like I think Michael Patrick King wrote it. Yes. But instead of like really delving into that and making a story that completely takes place in New York and had Carrie like fostering a kid or like spending time with children or like exploring, you know, you know, I think there's so many fun things you could do if if her real worry was if we don't have kids, are we gonna are we enough? She's wants to try an open relationship. She tries to yeah. go poly. There's so many things you could do in New York.
2: A, a thousand percent. And yes.
0: also her best friends have children and she's got two best friends who have children and one doesn't. It's like you literally have people to ask about that. You
2: have like, like the spectrum of options. Like in basically your backyard. Like, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, so that's just interesting. I did think that that clip when you played it, though, was really romantic and sweet. And... um and just like really forgiving. I mean, that's the best I've ever seen their relationship. Like I yes, actually like that agreed. scene because it's like he's fucked up so many times, but he's also showing a lot of grace to her. Like
2: Yeah, it's also like they've cheated with each other. Like they they he's know. No and saint. it's kind of Exactly. And it's like him sort of just being like, I know you fucked up. We have fucked up together. I have cheated on people. Like we can be together and we should be comfortable being together. And it's actually like I I wish that were more on screen because Big and Carrie are not together that much in this movie. And like their conflict really is actually the chemistry. interesting thing.
0: Yeah, they have so much better chemistry than her just like being in the desert with this like sweet guy who loves his wife. I also think that this scene is cool because it kind of like, and again, I've never been cheated on and I've never cheated. I'm sure it would be absolutely devastating and I'm not trying to to minimize it for people that have been cheated on. But I do think that it's a good representation of like people making mistakes in long-term marriages and relationships and being able to forgive.
2: Yes. Because I
0: think that that is a forgivable mistake because I think it was a horrible, stupid bullshit thing to do. But ultimately I think the relationship is beyond worth it. It w- didn't mean anything.
2: I also think that like it, it's said in here when that line, like we're anything but normal, I think it, like just another way of saying that is like, We have tried other people. You and I work together better than anything else. So it's like, let's just not let's just acknowledge that and try not to strangle that with our anxieties, because that's what's happened a lot in this movie. And I but I also wish that we're more on screen with the two of them just being together rather than this bizarre. We got a big uh, filming incentive tax credit to go shoot in Abu Dhabi.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it just makes no sense. Okay, lead us out, Mr. Skyler
2: so the second sex in the city movie closes with another montage miranda finds a new better job samantha and ricard have the sex that got cut short in abu dhabi on a hampton sand dune charlotte throws a big birthday party for rose which Aaron brings her girlfriend to and carrie and big make out at home for the time being they're keeping carrie's old place but they aren't using it for their two-day breaks all that often anymore instead they're watching old movies together at home
0: I also think that like nobody gives a fuck about Ricard. Like it, yes. like the fact that that wraps up that they finally get to have sex. Nobody's like, I'm so glad that got taken yeah. care of. I was well, worried.
2: I first, I at first thought. um uh when we first see samantha having sex on the on the hood of that car i thought it was smith which would have made a little more sense to me like ricard is not much of a payoff and like smith is the one who gets them invited to the middle east in the first place um or to abu dhabi in the first place i, also I don't know Bob that that would have been first- like oh no, no I, I i just don't know that that would have been that much better but ricard's fully again not a character so it's not a big payoff to just see samantha hooking up with him
0: I also feel like Samantha's such an interesting character because in the show, it ends with her being single, which is pretty interesting by choice, even though there's somebody that she loves very much. And I feel like the movie's had a chance to explore like what that is. And if I'm being honest, if I think about Samantha's character now in 2021, I think Samantha is Polly. I think yeah. Samantha would have happily stayed with Smith Jared if she was able to literally fuck anybody else she wanted and go on dates, I think they could have been together for the rest of her life. I think what she does not like is not being able to sleep with other people. But like, I, I think that would have been such an interesting thing for them to explore instead of just like, Oh, because Samantha doesn't want to be like an assist het monogamous relationship. That means she wants to be single. It's like, well, last time I checked, there's a lot of other options out there.
2: Yeah. And they do outside of like in the first movie, like they're gradually coming apart, but like, before that, they like each other a lot. They're very supportive of each other. And, like, why shoot that dynamic just because monogamy isn't working? Like, they are they both met because they love to have sex. Like, they didn't even... Uh, Samantha didn't even know Smith's name for the first, like, bunch of episodes she was sleeping with him. Like, why couldn't just a totally more open dynamic work to maintain their dynamic? It's... And instead, what gets subbed here is Samantha... Samantha's anxieties about aging and Samantha having uh hormone issues with her menopause. And it's like that's a it's, it's not it's,
0: big enough for a movie.
2: Yeah, and it's also like kind of crappy relative to this like kind of cool, more interesting, liberated character where we're just gonna have her Aging, yeah, she's
0: already been dealing with that for eight. You know, for the whole for the whole six seasons. So we're not really being given anything fresh. So that's the movie. We survived it. You survived it. Congratulations. You never have to watch it again.
2: A true gauntlet. A true trial by fire. This movie,
0: Lord. We will end the show as we do every show with our favorite segment, horny for. Sex in the City is a very horny show. So each episode, we like to share things that we are horny for. Skylar, what are you horny for?
2: So again, in uh, keeping with my who was I this week? I'm I'm endorsing something I haven't yet experienced, and I really, or excuse me, I'm horny for something I haven't yet experienced. I'm actually just horny for the idea of this thing. I'm so excited. But Steven Soderbergh is one of my favorite favorite filmmakers. I, uh, uh Contagion, The Ocean's movies, uh, Logan Lucky, like Sex Lies and Videotape, like. Aaron Brockovich like he's got such a crazy incredible career and he has a new movie that is on HBO Max called No Sudden Move that has like just an incredible incredible cast Don Cheadle um del Toro John Hamm Julia Fox Amy Simetz like just like stacked and it's a crime movie and it's like yeah I'm so excited like I love his heist movies out of sight incredibly sexy fun movie like I'm so horny that Steven Soderbergh just pumps him out i cannot believe how productive he is he's directed like over 25 movies like it's You're nuts.
0: Horny for his work ethic
2: i i truly am he's one of those people where i like he's like like uh kind of an artistic hero to me where i'm just like this guy fully follows his own muse and he he's always experimenting he shot two movies on iphones just because like he can like he's 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 nuts but i'm very excited for this I movie
0: smell Stan.
2: I am. I saw him on Hillhurst once wearing a parasite, sh- parasite shirt. And I, I love was that like, movie. Larry, that's very cool to spot him. But anyway, that's what I'm horny for. No sudden move. Uh, okay. Rose, what are you horny for?
0: Um, Skylar, I'm horny for two, possibly three things. One, I'm really horny for the farmer's market. Um, mm-hmm. I go to the farmer's market almost every weekend and I buy a ton of fruits and vegetables and i make big gorgeous i mean we live in california we produce like 90% of the united states's um fruit and vegetables and it's just so fresh and delicious here and it's summer so like i've been getting sugar snap peas and corn and tomatoes and peaches and just making like the most amazing salads and greens and just making these really incredible um salads so i'm really horny for being able to eat the incredibly abundant produce of California. I'm horny for Top Chef, even though I've said it before. But I swear to God, I'm on season 14 or 15 and I cry in every episode. They've they've really managed to make a show about food and family and culture and heritage. And it makes me cry every time. And then the last thing I'm horny for is a French TV show thriller on netflix called lupin l-u-p-i-n so if you were not saying it the french way it would be lupin it's on netflix and part two dropped and i gobbled it up it was just as good as part one and if you want to watch a fun sexy french thriller in french with english subtitles with an incredibly sexy lead it's a great, great watch. You can't swipe and be on Instagram when you watch it because you have to do the subtitles, but it's it's tons of fun. So you guys, we finished the movies. We finished the show. We will have another episode. I think we're kind of like, you know, roll with us. Life is happening all around us. Um, we will have another episode. This isn't just the end of the show. Yes. Um, and Jamie will be back. And um, thank you for sticking with us and and being so flexible and... We know uh, the last few weeks have been a little unusual, but life is a goddamn journey.
2: A thousand percent. Um, thank you so much, listeners. This is so fun. If this movie was bizarre. but
0: <laughs> I just had a thought. Listeners, we're not sure what we're doing next week, but if you have any personal questions, questions about the theories or things you want us to talk about, DM us and we are happy to hit that up.
2: A thousand percent. Amazing. Thank you all so much. Bye, everyone.
0: Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening to Couldn't Help a Wonder. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at CHBWpod. And follow my co-host Rose Cerno on Insta and Twitter at Rose Cerno. And please follow my co-host Jamie at Really Jamie Lee on Instagram and at The Jamie Lee on Twitter. And please rate, review, subscribe to our show on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app if you're nasty. It helps us. It helps you. It helps everyone. You're nasty. Bye. Bye
1: forever
0: dog
2: this has been a forever dog production executive produced by Joe Cilio Alex Ramsey and Brett Boehm for more original podcasts please visit foreverdogpodcast.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts keep up with the latest forever dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever dog Team and liking our page on Facebook <coughs>